0: to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, London Mentor shares his journey from going to a non-target in Italy to breaking into consulting where he worked for over three years. Listen how he eventually decided to take on a lot of debt to go to a top MBA program and make a successful transition to investment banking in London at a top bank. Make sure you don't miss how much he had to pay in penalties to his consulting firm for not going back, and why it was still an easy choice for him. A really fun chat. Hope you enjoy. London Mentor, thanks so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Hi, Patrick. Thank you for having me. So it'd be great if you could just start with a short summary of your bio for the listeners.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So I graduated uh, uh, with a bachelor in um, business administration. Uh, I'm Italian of origin. And after that, I decided to do a master in accounting uh, because I thought it would have been a useful foundation uh, no matter what I would have ended up doing later on. After that, I started my career in consulting because I thought uh, it's a quite broad uh, space where you can start your career in and you can gain um, a quite differentiated uh, skill set, but maintaining your perspective uh, still broad. However, as I was working um, more in a subsector, uh, which was those, that of the due diligence, I realized that I was interested more in the transaction experience. Uh, and, and therefore, I started thinking brainstorming how I could uh, transition to investment banking. Uh, as you might know, the transition is very rarely done directly um so i decided to to go through an mba uh, i went to one of the top two mbas here in europe and i managed to successfully transition to to idd uh in a weird way if you want because before uh, i did the traditional internship in one of the top three investment banking in the world and after that i ended in another different firm um because they approached me at a later stage mm-hmm. but anyway the the recruiting process was was successful and now i'm uh, uh, at this major firm uh, in the industrial team, uh, been involved since then uh, in pub private transaction, uh, sell side, and a couple of financing. So it's been very easy, a bit very hectic, and
0: uh, very so hectic, far you said?
1: very hectic. Very hectic, yes. Yeah, uh, we. I mean, the couple. Uh, let's say the beginning of the year, have been uh, there. I've noticed a bit of a slowdown, uh, but last year was incredibly, incredibly hectic. Um, so, uh, as I say, in one year I, I was able to close three transactions, uh, plus a couple of financing. So that's quite of an achievement from my perspective. Yeah. Uh, I, I joined banking with an idea on one hand to possibly stay long term, but on the other also with the insight that having consulting, I'm in banking, I, I can have a broad profile and therefore, uh, if for instance, I would like to transition to the buy side, that's also something that is considered valuable. Um, so that's the plan, um, and it seems so far, to be, that seems to
0: be a theme of of your kind of plan. Like you did the accounting because it gives you the broad base; it's giving you optionality. You, you you seem to place a lot of value in optionality and keeping your here.
1: Yes, I believe it's um, look as a an, as a recent graduate, the most important thing you have to to learn are the tools and the mentality, the how to approach problem, the basic you know Excel, PowerPoint how to think about, how to structure and be organized. And once you get it from there, uh, there are certain sectors that you can easily sell yourself into, being private equity, being also, I don't know, corporate development, M&A, if you want to go another way. Uh, Optionality for me is important, but another factor that I deem important is, let's call it having a comprehensive view of the work. So when I was in consulting, it was very important, the commercial aspect, the strategy and so on, mm-hmm. but I was missing the financial analysis, um, being closer to the market, yeah. the transactional aspect. And here I'm gaining that aspect as well, um, which I believe create a more uh, comprehensive individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see for instance, nowadays that when I deal with analysts, uh, I, I have to, they're very, very fast. They're ex- great executors, but sometimes they do miss the big picture. Yeah. Whereas when I was in consulting, it was the other way around. Maybe they are too such a brainstormer, but they miss the, the very important detail, um, yeah. which to them is not obvious. So, you know, having both perspectives I think can be quite helpful.
0: So let's go all the way back to your, your early days, your undergraduate. So mm-hmm. w- were you thinking,
1: what, you know, you were in school where? In, um, so I was in, the- uh, I was in Turin. Uh, Which is not traditionally all the people in Italian in London are coming from Bocconi. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the the, uh, kind of natural path. Uh, My school was quite good on an academic perspective. It wasn't as good as Bocconi on a, let's say, um, connection to the market placement because most of the stuff, exactly, most of the stuff I had to learn by myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I came from a family which is. I wouldn't say humble, but none of them is in finance nor gave me any instruction or the word uh, works. So I, I end up knowing about, for instance, McKinsey. The last year of my uni, had never heard before. So it's something did that I did. You know, I, did you know what investment banking
0: was your senior year?
1: Oh, no clue.
0: So no you just like I, the only
1: thing you were introduced to was McKinsey uh, and consulting by the end. Cor- correctly, uh, correct. That's that's how I ended up to actually to be. Uh, it's even more you know life is random sometimes. I. As I say, I wanted to learn stuff by myself, so I traveled a lot. I ended up doing a startup in China. Then I ended up in a bank, but let's say commercial bank in Dublin, in Ireland. And there, my former um, boss used to be a consultant at the firm that I ended up to in the end. So he kind of recommended me because the work I was doing... (coughs) he could see that it was not that challenging i was getting bored in time. Um, it was more of a asset management of wealth uh, individual uh, wealthy individuals yeah um, so he realized that probably consulting was something that was uh, more in line with my and then i ended up in, in this way interviewing and having a job there so kind of random
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: gradually another piece by working on due diligence getting in contact with banks seeing their, their job made me realize that maybe that was more for me.
0: So you so it's basically, you, you basically didn't know anything going to undergrad. What were you thinking you were going to do? Was it always, you knew you were going to go get your master's in accounting anyways,
1: and so you had time to figure it out. Is that the thought? So, uh, actually the way it works in Europe, but more specifically south in Europe, so I would say Spain, Italy, France, is that you generally tend to get the bachelor degree and then the master altogether. Yeah, it's, it's kind important. of the, yeah. it's the normal path, let's say. Uh, whereas in the UK, it's not. And of course, in the US, it's not as well. Yeah. Um, so that was, for me, was uh, something that I always considered for granted. Yeah. Um, and then, as I say, I hadn't exactly a clue. I know that I like numbers. I know that I like some fast-paced environment, but I had no idea what I ended up doing. starting consulting, sort of like it. Uh, saw the angle of uh, banking and thought I would be liking even more. And so i approach this thing with uh, with this in mind like step by step basically
0: so before we go there question is it is the cost of attending undergraduate school and then masters is it significantly cheaper than here in the us i
1: assume yes it, it is it is significantly cheaper especially if you especially if you go what we call like public schools which has slightly different meaning than what you as people think, um yeah. you have it's significantly cheaper, yes. Yeah, no, public here cheap.
0: too, especially if you're in-state, if you live in-state. Mm-hmm. It, it can still be expensive if
1: you're... <laughs> um, if you go to Bocconi, you still have quite a high fee, uh, mm-hmm. but nowhere close to, for instance, my MBA in London, which was comparatively, would be also expensive in, for US standard, I would say, or at least yeah. in line. Um, so yeah, that's also part of the reason probably. Uh, and also another reason which is key why in europe we tend to study longer is that we have less um we're less connected to the market unfortunately in a way that we don't do much of an internship it, nowadays getting more common, but until a few years ago it was pretty normal that someone would end up five years studying with no internship or one at max now i see like uh young uh, graduates approaching me for coffee chat and so on who was already like 10 different internship is faster than me in Excel. It's been born. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Know what to do in his life. Born out of the womb uh, in Excel, <laughs> like knowing what V lookups are. And, 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 exactly. Exactly. It's, something, you know, wish I learned on the job. Um, yeah. So that's part of the reason I will say.
0: What do you think of that change? Do you, do you think it's a, it's a good thing to, for them to get exposure to the, the actual careers before they kind of decide or do you feel like it's too much
1: pressure? On one end, I think it's useful definitely to have someone who guides you in life and give you his perspective so that you can get ahead. On the other, I think it's a bit on a sex sometime um, because it, it's, it's as if you were born already with, with someone else giving you the idea that that's the job for you. Um, and all their road uh, lead to that path, but not necessarily. Sometimes it's also better for the personality to explore, to, to find different, different ways. And maybe you, you can say people are afraid to lose one year, lose two years, whatever, but in, in, a, in a lifetime that's it's pretty relevant. It's, it's much more important to explore yeah. and find what is really for you. I've seen so many people, especially nowadays in London, but everywhere, there is so much, this is a slightly different topic, but with a similar, um, with a similar uh, result, there is so much focus on diversity and women are sometimes obliged to, come I wouldn't say obliged, but like they're so much spurred into going into investment banking, whereas maybe his or her, her dream initially was completely different. Mm. And then just because it's Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan, they feel that they have to accept you know, to go into it. And then after... Because everyone says, how could you turn this down? Like Exactly, exactly. So they feel golden. obliged to, to a set. And then they realize either they don't like it or it's such a stressful environment that it's not for them. So sometimes the point here being uh, is helpful, uh, but on the other hand, it can be double, double-edged sword. Yeah, I always think for my kids, like
0: the delaying, like when I look back at my college, I think to myself, I had no clue what I was doing or where I was going and hmm. when you're yeah. 19, 20 years old, how can you know what you want to do? Exactly. Exactly. It's super That's hard. Um, there's another program. I think it's Northeastern that actually has these long co-ops, these long internships where during the year you're mm. kind of like taking these, which I think is kind of nice. You still don't, it's still hard to get a true flavor for the job in these mm. internships. Cause some. Well, uh, at, least. at least you get a little flavor, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Wall Street is doing a, it's, it's part to actually, get some realistic, um, perspectives, <laughs> um, profile, because I think it's super important to, to be able to know what you're stepping into. And I think you're totally right about the year off, like taking a year off just to explore. I think, um, I don't know if it's in Australia. They, everyone does that. There's like a year yeah. off before they go to school or they, or after they graduate, there's, it's just expected that you're going
1: to travel the world. Yeah. And I think and somewhere awesome. else in the world is considered as you're wasting time, you know, yeah. need to be in a rush. You need to be the youngest in your class, the fastest. And yeah. in the long term, that's not a healthy approach. It's not. And I think,
0: um, and I think the banks are moving away a little bit from mm-hmm. being so rigid about what schools they recruit from and what... And I was just talking to a partner today at a private equity fund, a top private equity fund in San Francisco. And he was saying, like, it's gotten so crazy with the recruiting and accelerated recruiting and all this that they're starting to look at, like, non-traditional candidates. They're starting to look at... Because they're, they're hiring people that have no experience guessing just because of the school they went to and they're, they're hiring people that aren't working out. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, it's interesting that, that whole thing. So let's go back to your story. The, the, can we call your, for lack of a better term, everyone hates the term, the non-target. Can we call your, your undergrad? It was, it was a, it was a good academically, a strong school. You did well, you went to a master's program at a different school. Was there a reason you changed schools?
1: No, no, it was actually the same. Same. It was okay, the same, it's school
0: differently. Okay, so then you, um, you were there. In, in that year in the accounting and finance master's, is that when you really started looking at more like, okay, you said like, okay, banking's interesting to me potentially, um, but con- or consulting was really your main
1: focus? Uh, consulting at that time was my main focus, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I had no experience of alumni Uh, Ended up in investment banking at that time. So, to be clear, majority of alumni from my school will be with all the respect, but like KPMG or PWC (laughs) or retail banks. That's the typical um, outcome. (laughs) So, uh, alumni base. So, that's why I was not in the rather, nor I had an idea. Also, to be clear, now has been a bit changed after Brexit, but at, at that time, there were very few investment banks in Milan. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're starting a bit to decentralize. We have seen that in Paris in and Frankfurt. Yeah. Uh, why is that? I, as well. Explain to me why
0: is Brexit caused more decentralization? So
1: it has caused more centralization because, you know, for a passporting reason in Europe, um, there is a directive which says that you need to have a certain presence in the country uh, where you're operating, where you're doing deals. And before it was not an issue because it was all Europe, but now that it's not Europe anymore, uh-huh. Um, they are what I've seen. So more they're setting than up little tra- satellite offices. Exactly. Yeah. Got exactly. It. What I've seen more than uh, um, bringing people from London away, they are hiring more people there than here. Maybe fri- freezing the hiring here, but the new hiring. If you know not, if for instance, if you are German speaker, immediately you get um, transition to uh, move to to Frankfurt without question. Do you feel like um, after a
0: few years of London, that might be a really nice way to get back home to Italy? Probably
1: yes. Probably yes. Because uh, I do like London on some perspectives, such as such a fast movie city. But on the other, like the weather is killing me. Honestly. Yeah, I know it's brutal. It's like Boston. It's quite brutal. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's always great. It's mm-hmm. always great, That's uh, that's what kills me. Um, you so yeah, that, Cali- that would be you a good one. Come way. to California. It's
0: always sunny here. <laughs> yeah,
1: too. that that would be. <laughs> we yeah, have fires normal. though. The transfer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we have a fire problem out here. It's freaky. But, mm. um, Anyway, so okay, so you're you're there, you're kind of tell me about the whole interview process for is it the typical case interview structure, you start practicing with your, your colleagues, how did you get even get yeah. get into
1: into line for consulting? Sure. Uh, so as I say my former boss in this bank at Dublin. Uh, forward my CV, and all of a sudden I started asking myself, okay, what is it actually? Strategy consulting? Googling into internet, and ended up with all you know those uh, Victor Chang frameworks and uh, Cosentino and so on. So a lot of preparation by myself uh, initially. Mm-hmm. I'm quite structured, so even if I didn't have a clue, but I divided by topic, trying to keep it on track every day, and then after a while, starting to practicing with friends, uh, which. I knew uh into other way outside school or randomly online doing cases uh and that's how how I ended up in consulting um and as i say i I did the, like the job on some perspective uh consulting is such a broad word uh, that sometimes it can be. You know, very boring stuff as a oh, project me, management. This, tell me, what uh, were you doing? Were you like had certain clients? You're flying out to the client every week. In yes. Something. So the the job is quite different. If, that could be interesting to compare the two. But let's say one of the major differences the the work uh, in terms of where you perform it. So you're typically from Monday until Thursday yeah. um, at the client space. Sometimes even uh, even on you know, Friday. Uh, just which means at the beginning it seems so cool that you're traveling, but you're not really traveling right <laughs> to be clear, just to give you an example, I had a project for six months. This was a post merge integration of two larger uh, companies getting together in Prague. Um, like the integration was in Czech Republic. It means that every Monday I would wake up at four a m getting on a plane after around seven and be there at ten or eleven and then the friday back home home at 11 12 for six months this way
0: (laughs) and then to be clear, it was not Prague Meaning you had at least Friday afternoon off or you were still doing work? No,
1: no. In that case, it was the whole week. So oh, it was yeah. actually p.m. Uh, sorry, night. That's um, horrible. That's a horrible... And to day. be clear, yes, it was. It was. Uh, and to be clear, it was not even Prague like center. It was in this industrial <laughs> industrial plant outside.
0: You couldn't even go like Prague.
1: clubbing in Prague or enjoy it? I couldn't go... Pla- I, I mean, I could go some days where maybe it was a bit uh, quieter, but on an average week, no. And also, I had to eat. Can you imagine this? Can you figure out the the moment where you have to have lunch? There's nothing nearby you. The only place is the canteen of industrial work, and in Prague, that typically they eat very very greasy stuff. So that was my entire six months. What's the canteen? Uh, What's the canteen? What is that? The canteen is like where you where you get. Um, it's like a yeah, it's like a restaurant but uh, paid by by the firm, oh, okay. uh, and they typically like the have this, or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it's a full restaurant, we'll define, but with very limited choice. Yeah. Um, and you typically have you know those uh, porks and yeah. <laughs> quite <laughs> uh, quite heavy food, uh, so it's <laughs> difficult to work after that. So that was one of the. So how much weight say, did you gain in those six months? Be honest. Quite a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I don't recall exactly, but I remember the next project I would go running every morning. <laughs> I would wake up myself early <laughs> in the morning to, just to get away with those. So you,
0: okay, so you're, you're in this, it gives people a good perspective of like, it's not so glamorous. You're, you're waking up early, having to fly to Prague, but you're not really in yeah. Prague. You're in the outskirts of industrial Prague. Yeah. Um, did you get to tour it at all? I've, I you know I was interested in move to Prague actually after I lived in Buenos Aires for a year. I was going to go okay. move there next and, and tour all of Europe through there, but it never happened because I met my wife in Boston. So then I, that was it.
1: Oh.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> so tell me, should I, did I miss out? Was, is Prague incredible? I'm going to visit there. Pra-
1: Prague is a quite nice city, especially if you're a single guy. I mean, a couple of times I stayed there for the weekend. Uh, yeah. I was single at that time. I'm well, not anymore. Uh, and it was fun. Honestly. You had a lot of fun. Really fun. <laughs> yes. It was, it's really fun. Like girls are quite open-minded and the vibe is good. <laughs>
0: Nice, so um okay, so you're basically going back and forth, you get off that one, you go into another plan, but you're doing you you're, you're consultant for how many years then?
1: I was doing consulting for slightly less than four years, so three and a half let's say yeah so um then what
0: made you think m b a like what got that into your head investment banking what what eventually
1: so at some think? point, I was working more and more on due diligence, so I supported c b c and the likes mm-hmm. uh and on one hand, I was loving when we were giving our perspective on the market, the competitor, and so on. But I felt I was always missing, what is this word for? What is the, uh, like, as if we were cut off at some point. We couldn't see the entire process, the entire picture. Um, and I was fascinated by these bankers preparing the AM, preparing their modeling, that we were having some section in common, but overall, uh, we, we couldn't see the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at that point in time, I say, "What is the best way?" I had a chat with, uh, uh, with someone at Morgan Stanley at that time asking about how could I do the transition, uh, And he told me that it was quite difficult. This, uh, this guy was from the Milan office. He told me it's quite difficult our office is small, and at, traditionally also we don't have directly consultants, but I know that someone made it uh, for an MBA. Why don't you try that path? And that's what I did. Um, in the choice of MBA, I wanted to stay long-term in Europe, um, mostly because I like uh, I like living here. Let's say, mm-hmm. uh, and within Europe there are only two two MBA. I believe you can consider if you wanna go to a top and um, to, uh, to a top bank after okay. that. Yeah, now you're at, a, uh, you're at a
0: top bulge bracket bank. In, in, yes. In- so
1: so yeah, I consider INSEAD and LBS, um, which mm-hmm. are both great schools.
0: Yep so okay tell me a little bit about so you knew this going into your mba you knew that you actually wanted to go into banking so you you were dead set on that recruiting path did you do any specific legwork prior so you obviously have to do the applications which is a pain and you have to write all the essays and Mm -hmm. take the would you take the gmat for for this yes
1: absolutely absolutely and that was a pain because i was as i told you last period of consulting was all due diligence so still not as hard as banking but quite hard uh, so 70, so plus quite hours, right?
0: 70 plus hours right 70 yeah plus i
1: would age. say average 70 when it was a hard uh
0: week maybe how, eight, how about hey can you tell me your range of what you started at and what you progressed up over the years
1: so yeah sure this is you might be uh, consider that this is all like italy uh salary so you, you need to adjust for the cost of living okay. but i started as a base 35 Mm-hmm. Uh, with bonus, bonus in consulting is not huge. This across Europe, so it's around thirty mm-hmm. percent. Um, and then when after the third year, that will uh, has increased quite a lot because it was seventy uh, okay. with bonus, still as thirty percent. almost double. You almost doubled. Your yeah, pay. yeah. Because I was I was quite um, I was on a fast track, so basically every year I was promoted um, head because the last term would be two years, so it was quite a good career. Were they upset um, that you left or said you were going to leave? Yes, they, well, actually, <laughs> that was the tricky part. I left being a sponsor consultant uh, because at that time, again, going back to where I come from, I didn't have the money to fund my MBA, mm-hmm. nor, uh, a, spon- nor um, a bank would loan me out all that money. Because uh, living in, um, I ended up, uh, I didn't mention before, but I ended up at LBS and living in London is extremely expensive, plus the cost mm-hmm. of the master. So. All in all, you're looking to fund yourself with 200k or so. Um, and it's not that... Uh, I mean, I could have saved that. Um, and banking in Italy are quite traditional. So just to s- explain the concept of an MBA and putting money in there while you have a good salary is something that they look at you uh, you're crazy, like you earn such a yeah. good salary while you will go and spend all this money back to school, not having the salary cost opportunity for two years and so on. So... I was only marginally able to finance that for a loan. And then I took a sponsorship from my previous firm in consulting with, of course, the caveat that I would have had to return that with a penalty. If I had left after the the two years,
0: 10%,
1: no, the penalty is quite huge since they are used to people doing so for different reasons, being private equity, being banking. Oh, they're used to people like not, not coming back. There's a, there is a share of, there is a share. I would say 50% of the people from Consulting going to mba who either decide to yeah. go for a easier life easier life. I mean like Facebook Amazon and the like yeah, uh, or Even play harder and goals I would say reducing share, but there is still a share of people going to banking or directly into P so they are used to lose a significant uh, a significant share of those so people much, and so they start
0: you give me a sense of what they're lending you like what this consulting firm was lending you is so like they were 50, they were lending Euros me, or...
1: they, they were telling me 70k 70 uh, Euros. yes and i had to pay back uh, 100 oh yes so that 70... is additional loan plus <laughs> so let me let me give you this perspective yeah, give me my I...
0: full numbers cuz that's like that's like a 40% yes
1: correct and Which they, is almost is illegal. That is that legal? Yeah, I was going to say. You know why what? You, can't you, you know what? what? You them. you you sign a contract with them saying, "I uh, I recognize the the below and here." Okay, but wait. This is the only way you could have financed your. Exactly. That was, I was aware that it was kind of financially this like nonsense.
0: A, this is like a black market of financing MBAs. That's crazy. I've never heard of that. It's yeah, not, that that's it's the like way it works. they're charging you like a 40, 40% interest
1: rate. That's why all the people that don't get an exceptional offer in the end go back to consulting because they cannot afford. They have also a significant retention program beyond what I just mentioned that if you go back, they give you... A relatively small, but not so small, like 20k uh, signing. Yeah. So basically, if you leave, you you lose the 70 that they owe, that they loan you. So it's kind of fair uh, return money plus the 30 plus the 20 that you don't get because you're going it back. Additionally to that, I tell you more. There is a law given that uh, Italy is losing significant brain to U.S., U.K., and so on the government implemented uh, basically tax-free for the 75% of the salary is completed the tax. So if I had go back, I would have had 90K plus 30% of of bonus, 75% tax-free, not alone and assigning bonus. So it's really like 100 so, it's really like 150 to 170k euros. Yeah, if you had correct. gone back <laughs> versus yesterday. So that's that's the level of craziness in accepting this well, choice. Then, uh, now tell me of, about
0: so I get it but you're looking long term and you're yeah. looking you're saying I've already made the investment in school, I want to be, you know, working on something different like you said understand the financial modeling it makes you more well-rounded it makes you more whole career and so you're you're investing in your career is how you can think of it even though it was very enticing to take the money i'm sure so but tell me a little bit about just how you saw that math so like when now you're accepting uh, at a bold bracket associate yeah what are they yeah. what are they paying you so, i know it's, it's in the database but
1: just so yeah that. so let me give you the the full picture uh i worked during my mba um i've done two internship one in the other major bank which pays Relatively well for an internship. We're talking about twelve weeks. I think it's around twenty k, or so. You're Euros so slightly, or slightly. Le- uh, this yeah. is in pound. pound. Slightly less than twenty k, like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. And then I've done another internship in a mid-cap private equity, mm-hmm. one billion fund, which paid similarly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I ended up So those money I uh, contribute towards the repayments of the loan and the living mm-hmm. costs of MBA. And then I started the year. Uh, approximately a year ago, um, the starting salary is 91k mm-hmm. in uh, pound Bounds, yep. there is a signing bonus which is between a relocation and it gets you to 30k mm-hmm. pounds again yep. and then the variable it's around it depends on your performance, but it's around 80 percent of your salary let us say 80 plus yeah yeah, so you're still doing better
0: you're still doing better and the perspective is not in year one but after say what's the payback yeah, exactly. when, when's the
1: break even like two and a half years <laughs> that's that's correct yes and also i was able to okay this is advanced finance personal finance but i was able to refinance that loan through peer uh, basically loaning me out money at their interest rate because when i did the loan it was like two three years three years ago so interest rate was completely different than the macro environment that we experience right now. Right. Yeah. So I, I was paying five plus Euribor. Now I'm playing with Libre this. plus five? Yes. That's oh, a high. Yeah. High. It was a personal loan with yeah, no yeah, guarantor. Yeah. nor. Yeah. Now I'm paying like 2.5. Um so 2.5 or 2.5 flat? 2.5 flat. Oh, it's amazing. So it's quite it's quite a good uh, good rate. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the old story. And then I'm doing daily trading on uh, pounds versus euro because we have a huge volatility since the Brexit, the coronavirus, and so on. So there are plenty of opportunities too. <laughs>
0: Tell me a little bit about. So you're doing a little day trading on the side, on top of your. Yeah, reality. I mean, it's not it's really, really. It's not really.
1: <laughs> I would say I, I I am just exposed to pounds and euro, and when I'm when one is favorable, I exchange one way or the other. That's I would say
0: that way rather than say I'm a trader. <laughs> Got it. Fair. Okay, so you're just having a little bit of FX arbitrage there yeah, for yourself. Correct. And, um, because you have debt and denominated in one and not the other or whatever. Correct. Okay, so tell me a little bit about um what's it like in terms of was the expectation coming out of business school that the hours are going to be longer has that been what you've expected and then tell me a little bit about just having to manage
1: i assume you're managing now analysts Mm -hmm. whereas
0: yeah maybe you didn't tell me about that
1: yeah so you're touching two great points uh first one they they always tell you that it's terrible it's worse um (laughs) i mean one bank are you not sleeping uh, so, as I say, the start of the new year has been slightly better. Uh, but the first six, seven months were terrible. Like, um, literally terrible. So, in mean, a bank which we were renewed to be one of the most workaholic. And within that bank, I mean, the team that together... So, there are two teams that are renewed to be long hours. One is FIG. The other one is mean, industrial. i mean industrial. Um, so, it was quite, quite heavy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I say heavy... Especially at the beginning, uh, because there are multiple um, there are multiple new factors in ca- coming in. Uh, so on one hand, it's a new environment. Um, it's a new tool. It's a new job. You yeah. have analysts to manage that most of the time are more knowledgeable than you, at least on an execution uh, perspective. And they're faster in Excel, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I used to be one of the nerdy... In, ex- in consulting, doing macros and stuff, but still here, I would say, I'm definitely not the faster, I'm probably in the medium, uh, or even less, slightly less. For associates, I so mean, for associate. For, for associate, growing up in banking.
0: Yeah, and yes. you're, you're slow f- compared to the analysts, because they've been there for two or three years, and they're... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and something that you lose, right? Even if you if you stop for a... Because in consulting, was more on the client after staying there three years now, if it was more on a client facing, Mm -hmm. starting to present your work and so on, Uh, as an associate, you still have to do a lot of grant work or review grant work of people. Um, So that's a key factor. And coming from an MBA, um, I would say, of course, you need to be super humble um, to show that you, you, you put in the same hour as the analysts do, but also, on the other hand, being able to bring something to the table because if you're just behaving as an analyst who's learning, senior will look at you like uh, in a disrespectful way so you need to be fast to close the gap on one end, but on the other try to bring in your qualities from the MBA so maybe understand more the priorities being able to manage upwards communicate clearly and being a bit more leading the process side of it and Mm -hmm. doing the client and so on Uh, so that's the two Advice I would give to to MBA going into so you're working so you're working literally ninety plus hours pretty consistently yes yes I would say so the the killer for me uh, has been the weekend so my my firm has implemented one of the many rules where yeah like you, you
0: protected saturday
1: or exactly exactly but that, think of america The other,
0: both brackets yeah
1: exactly the other face of the uh, of the, the of the coin is that if you have one protected day then the, the next is considered completely like 9 a.m in the office or 10 a.m in the office until and it's
0: always two, it's, or two. Off.
1: it's all like every day every every sunday it's a work day then you can uh, sometimes be flexible whether it's working from home four or five hours or it's full day in the office that uh, varies but on average always always working day and how so that's are you, what how you are you holding up i know it's, it's it's really tough how are you holding up mentally mentally fine because as i'm saying i'm quite uh strong as a personality but when you are about, you're at a different stage in life um, so I'm older than a traditional associate I've mean done to through consulting and uh, MBA and you start having a long term partner, uh, thanks God I don't have kids, but you know, at some point they will come and that's the, the tricky part because if you have one Are you day married? off. Are you married? I'm, I'm not married, but I'm in a long term relationship at some point it's, it's uh, it's, it's on the plate once yeah. I've paid off my debts and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, once you have one day a week for yourself, and that day most likely you're tired, you're stressed, you're still on uh, mentally because you know there's the call tomorrow, there's the deck to be sent out, it's mm-hmm. quite difficult to manage. Um, that improves with time, yes and no. Mm, I see my senior, uh, are, they're still, of course I'm not gonna work on an Excel at 3am but they're still exhausted by traveling, they're seen doing call at midnight. Um, so that's something that made me reflect at some point. Uh, I like the job, but it's something that I don't believe is sustainable long-term if you wanna have anything else outside your work.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what are you thinking? I think, you know, you said you, your long-term relationship, but I hope um, your partner is actually very understanding. <laughs> <laughs> of mm-hmm. your schedule, that's great. Yeah, she is. Thanks, all she is. Um if if she's not, it's, it's kind of making it I, things to even give harder.
1: You, to give you a fun fact, she's doing something completely different. She's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And we start um dating during the MBA actually, and I have I was doing my internship in a private equity, which was a mid cap. So lifestyle was quite relaxed for, for a consultant or banking, right. perspective. So I was ended up like a nine or so. And she was like at the very beginning, why are you staying so late in the office? What's going on? And I was supposed to start a like few months later. I say, oh my God, this is going to be hard.
0: Yeah. So did you warn her? Did you give her lots of warnings?
1: I, I, I gave her a lot of warnings. And what helps is that a lot of people out of the MBA, which are my friend, her friends, are in a similar condition. So it becomes kind of new normality around you. But the suggestion there is to involve your partner in everything. Of course, you don't have time anymore to split friends, partner, mm-hmm. family. So you need to be able to, to manage everything at the same time uh, mm-hmm. in your small uh,
0: free time. So tell me, like, it's, like you said, you're not sure long term. What's your thought? I know you said potentially you, you see yourself as being fairly flexible in terms of private equity. Mm-hmm. I, I think personally I've heard... Of, of the almost hundred uh, guests I've had on this podcast, I've only interviewed two that have made the Ivy associate to private equity jump. It's incredibly difficult, um, but possible, okay. but possible. <laughs> and it's all about who, you know, just as it always is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. If, if that's what you want, it's doable.
1: Um, but yeah. yeah, I would say, uh, I don't know whether the associate you mentioned was from US or Europe. Um, in Europe, it's more common are, you're uh, it, I wouldn't say it's common. I would say it's feasible. Uh, I've heard cases. It's again, um, so I had a few conversations with the Dante because they always reach out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they first, so first of all, it depends on what you want. Um, if you want mid-market, it's quite feasible. Yeah. Um, if you want large cap, It's harder uh, because the traditional path they get they call analysts after it used to be three years now, two one, so it's getting earlier and earlier because they want to get hold of the talents very soon and also because they can pay less. Um, But it's this is feasible. Um, You need to demonstrate again, you need to go back to the lab there in a way that you, after being I didn't mention before, but I would have gone back to consulting as a project manager because I was already. Uh, I had the post MBA position before the MBA so they would have hired me back as a project manager and then here in the bank as an associate Second year associate but still associate (laughs) and then if I would have to make a move as a big fund Where it was possible. I would end up again as an associate, which is the last in the ladder. So uh, It's also something that it must be reciprocal. So the fund must be willing to accept that, uh, but it's also new. Um, and then beside that is the, the usual hyper competitive space and uh, compete with the hundred for, for one or two positions. So that's, uh, right. I'm aware of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so in terms of, um, I'll, I wanted to ask you about um, cultural things. So like, um, you're from Italy, you're working mm-hmm. in London. What's it like, um, in the office? Is there any sort of, uh, cultural, um,
1: things that are awkward
0: yes. or or things that are different, um, maybe not awkward, but just, yeah, just mm,
1: yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, I would say for sure there's quite a big difference. Um, so London is great because it's a melting pot. So you have people from literally everywhere. Yeah, like New York. Definitely, the Brit- <laughs> British are minority. So ah. we're saying like ten percent or so in my ah. team, for instance. Um, there's a huge community of Italians for the mention for the reason I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I would say more than London versus Italy which of course has some different but the most striking one is definitely consulting versus banking. Um, Both both people are extremely smart. Uh, Generally it goes maybe because of the nature of the job. Banking people I found it a bit less interesting as a well-rounded individual. Um, Simply because maybe they were interested in the first place, but simply because they don't have time to do, I don't know, a lot of people (laughs) doing uh, startups, doing volunteering, doing whatever they like. Here it's so hard to have a consistent routine and habit and hobby, whatever you, it's something that you can't say I have really an hobby that I maintain every week X hours. Right. If you have someone else like family or one or the other, that's the point. Yeah. Um, so that's one different. Another difference is that there's less team working in a way. Um, there's a lot of individual work. There is still team working, but it's more like we split the task, our review. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like you, you go you off into your a... silo and you do your work. You come exactly. back like that. exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Which on, on some stuff can can also be very efficient, right? Because when I want to focus on something that needs to be done quickly, is better than being a table with five six people. Yeah. But on the other, it, it has its cons. Let's say, no. Um, overall, the culture is not. I, I wouldn't say the culture is bad. Uh, for yeah. sure, it's not as I used to read and. Here on the web, mm-hmm. um, there's not a like hierarchy, deep hierarchy level, uh, but of course, people just sorry, I didn't
0: understand that. There's not
1: very uh hierarchical culture, hierarchical. yeah, or, yeah, you got it, okay. Um, just people work more, that's that's the way, and of course, <laughs> it become more stressful because of that. Uh, I've seen like- a few cases of.
0: Do you feel like the debt has forced you to stay a little bit longer? Or do you feel like, well, I guess now that you're out and you have this job, like you said, there's options for you. So even if yeah. you were to take a pay cut and go would make 120 pounds instead of 200, you're still fine. Right? No, no, definitely. So definitely. that is something that,
1: can you hear me Patrick?
0: Yeah, I hear you. Great. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Hello. I, I think I lost you. No, I'm here. I can hear you. I'm, I'm here.
1: I I think I lost you for a second. Can you, second? Hear, can Are you, you s- hear me now? Yes, now I can hear you. Yeah. Sorry, go
0: ahead. Yeah. So I was just yeah I heard everything. Yeah. I was just saying that um, you could take a pay cut, right? And you theoretically, and you still be fine with your interest payments.
1: Yes, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, let's say money has not been uh, aside from this move where I had to to consider it has not been a major motivator in a way as you say. Where you have, once you are more than 100k plus, not really making the marginal difference, right? So it's just a matter of finding uh, the space you want to be in, something that you see yourself, because the next movie is probably the final one. Let's call it this way. There's never a final in life, but it's something that I, I want to be sure is the space that um, is where I would like to grow have you started actually
0: thinking about that? Have you actually started thinking, okay, I know you, you touched on the options, but do you want to like with, for the listeners benefit? How, how are you thinking about those next options? Because you're, how do you even have time to think (laughs) you're working (laughs) 90 plus hours a week managing? Like it's, it's tough. And there's a lot of pressure on you. You have pressure from your Mm students. Now they're saying, well, we don't, you don't spend any time with me. I'm sure it's just, you know, like give Mm -hmm. me that time. You have to go back in. You have the pressure from, Knowing you have the debt still, a large principal, <laughs> so tell me. So, what's factoring gi- into all your decisions?
1: So, given given this, I uh, will stay anonymous. I can be more open about it. Yeah. Um, I clearly like the P space, um, mm-hmm. and part of this move was to justify uh, a further step. Mm-hmm. So, um, the way I think about it is, I nearly, I basically have two options. One option is. Go with the standard recruiting large cap that they do every uh, every year or so. Uh, compete with some junior associate uh, analysts and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, likely very low, but still, I would have a hedge in funds such as I don't know the typical bank capital and so on, where they like more consultants. So I can play that um, that angle, the, yeah, like that angle, mm-hmm. or. The easier route um, of going to a mid market, um, I had an experience there, is actually fun. Um, it's a different, it's, I think it's quite a different uh, job mm-hmm. in a way. Um, you're not in a big fund, again, you are a number, you're an executor of a small piece. In a, in a mid cap, you can, you can interact uh, with management more, uh, you're definitely more exposed to the entire process, you're leading a bit more. So those were the considerations. Uh, then I came to the conclusion that I will go for the first way. Uh, reason being, if I want to be an investor long-term, mm-hmm. I'd rather start for a place where I'm exposed to typically the best management team, the best people out of the industry, or different industries. So mm-hmm. as a starting point, I've been looking from, um, for the large, large cap space. Uh, yeah. And again, we can we can have this conversation later on, but I'm having quite a good traction, um, and I'm with different rounds, uh, final rounds with big uh, fans. So there is there is that space um, open. Uh, it's just that you know, had to fight a lot, and it's very very competitive. So we'll have a conversation later on, and maybe we can once yeah. this is uh, gone through. Yeah. Um, but those are the options that uh, I I told about.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a very good perspective. I think. Um, the middle market, especially middle market, once you start a family.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, because exactly. it tends to be a little bit more sleepy, a little bit more, like as long as you're getting your work done. you know. Yes, it, it's fun. generally
1: more flexible. It's yeah. still hard under a deal, uh, but you yeah. generally do, let's be honest, one deal per year. Uh, yeah. You might bid for more, for sure, but w- what I want to say is that a lot of the time you will spend on prospects, on going to conference to meet expert on sourcing. And during those time, you can have more a normal lifestyle. Uh, so that's something that young people, again, don't uh, take into consideration. But once you, you get farther in your uh, career, you understand how important it is to have a balance uh, at some point. Yeah.
0: Tell me a little bit about um, any concern over how much how much dry powder, how much liquidity there is out there, not liquidity, dry powder basically to put to work and these vintage funds. I mean, maybe now you're coming at the right time. If the market melts down, there'll be some good buying opportunities. <laughs> that,
1: that's, that's, that's a great, uh, so you, it, it's something that you can't control, right? So if yeah. you want to go into that space, I'm always, you should go and then you see, you face the consequences, but you're right. Probably, Unless there is a significant mend down and then typically the new the vintage perform, if you look at the 2008 vintage was a good one, but because there are the multiple nowadays so two factors, namely one, multiple nowadays are insane. Uh, they came down a bit with the coronavirus, but in general it's not sustainable. Uh, second factor financing is so easy and with no costs available to everyone, and maybe there's um, there's a third that goes as a consequence which you mentioned is the dry powder so funds push more and more overpaying to invest in, in asset that probably they wouldn't have paid that much but they need the lpr pressure in them you need i gave you the money i know that you're considerate but i gave you the money to invest them in, right so at some point you need to deploy that capital so yeah, it, why i've heard a lot of people i feel like coming out of
0: mba is going to do their own search fund to go really lower lower middle market buy a company for mm-hmm. like two to five million Mm-hmm. And try to get the returns themselves rather than um, and mm-hmm. have much more of an impact operationally versus trying to go to, you know, go to a mega fund, banking 2.0, work, work in the long hours, potentially get no carry or the carry becomes yeah. not even worth very much. But you, your timing could be perfect,
1: <laughs> actually. Let's see. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs>
0: yeah. As, as everything dries up uh, on <laughs> the sell side for deals, you jump to the buy side where there's a lot of buying opportunities. <laughs> yeah, let's,
1: let's, let's look at it in this way yeah <laughs> um, but definitely it's a concert like uh, it's not something we can neglect yeah and probably I, I believe there will be some cons- because nowadays everyone is investing uh, we see hedge funds moving into PE we see large cap going into small cap and the other way around so everyone there's so much capital everyone's going everywhere cons- <laughs> there will be some consolidation at some point right yeah uh, nobody can be a winner uh, in this market yeah well except the entrepreneurs starting the businesses so hopefully i've had i've had people
0: come ask about wall street oasis that are way too big for us they're <laughs> like our minimum check is 20 minutes. i'm like you guys were tiny <laughs> wow. there's no way like if they're emailing me you know they're like they're searching through every little last nook and cranny for any place <laughs> to put money um
1: <laughs> another winner
0: Um, I wish, I wish we were a little bit bigger and I could get some insane valuation and um, next cycle, next cycle. Another
1: big weakness, our management team who like sponsor uh, driven assets. I've Mm -hmm. seen, I've recently sold a business in business service space where the CEO was at the second cycle of PE ownership. And they add something like, like a
0: management buyout, like where they put in
1: or they just have a significant interest. So. they, they add basically sweet equity, mm-hmm. um, plus a little bit of their own equity,, yep. because it was part of the funding, uh, the funding family.. Yep. So you, you wouldn't imagine now, this company is not that big. We're talking about 620 of um, OBV, so it's not that big um and they were getting like just in this cycle beside the normal remuneration their bonus we're talking about 30 40 million of of uh, of sweet equity so they're they are quite the winner if they're able to do a couple of uh cycle with pe's like that it's i will go to to the um, an island and
0: yeah probably, <laughs>
1: probably do this postcast podcast all day long no, you'd be, bo- you'd be bored. <laughs> For a while. You'd go
0: back. You may not do banking, but you'd go back and do yeah, something. Probably. Um, so anything else before we call it, anything else you want to share with the listeners or, or advice you'd give to your younger self or, or kind of people looking to
1: kind of follow in the footsteps? Um, I would say maybe if, if you're approaching, no matter uh, whether it's PE, whether it's banking, consulting, I would say that typically you tend to have three areas where you are assessed, right? So, You have on one end the technical. Mm -hmm. So for instance, in banking, you have to prepare all your guides around there. Uh, You need to really understand the concept more than memorizing the definition, the way to assess a company, but doing a bit more um, your own uh, work to understand really what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But that area is sometimes overstated by people. Um, People tend to over-prepare or do all the possible modeling. But in the end, I've done a lot of interview, ended up with few offers. So I would say, it's not the hardest part. Uh, it's something that you need to master, of course. Yeah. But most of most likely, the majority of people who will be interviewing a top firm will be very fluent on those technical um, questions. So it's not an area that you can strongly differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is the second and third areas which people are sometimes neglecting. So one I will define fit or behavioral um, Mm -hmm. where um, it's not just about the personality fit, but it's trying, you know, try to understand those soft skills um, Mm -hmm. by really nailing down uh, on question around what you've done in the past, your CV and so on. Mm -hmm. And in the end, in those 30 minutes, one hour conversation, that's an important part. The person needs to like you, right? You need to answer right, but they need to like you. And then the third is probably, the third area is probably the, I would call, market knowledge. Um, so knowing exactly about the firm you're interviewing, uh, knowing the transaction, knowing the market, being able to have a conversation about the dry power so on. Uh, and that comes only, it's not something you can prepare in two weeks. Uh, you need to start reading newspaper, uh, guides, talking to professionals in the industry significant ahead of time. Uh, inform your own view the, about the market, about the macroeconomic and environment and so on. Yeah. So, so if I can give an advice, the, la- the last two um, sections are at least as important, if not, not the first one. And people tend to always spend more time on the first. Oh yeah, everyone's panicked about
0: the technicals and then they, they think they have a very good a very good answer to why investment banking or, you know,
1: <laughs> or the market exactly. and they,
0: they actually don't realize that their answer is very mediocre to poor. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a cutter and it's not genuine
1: and it's by the hurt, by, by the learn by heart, uh, all the definition of yeah, they, they investment banking and that's it. No, it's not the way it works. <laughs> yeah. And you know, even
0: our courses, we give sample answers. And I, I, I sometimes struggle to think, is that really the best way to go? I almost mm-hmm. feel
1: like this, this, this I mean you need to put framework think, at some point, right
0: I feel like maybe even doing this maybe think just having this conversation of actually having an audio mm. of what it's what a good answer sounds like because it's not mm-hmm. just it's not just what you say it's really the delivery on how you say it they can make a how mass, you say it. how a massive difference on the impression and on mm-hmm. the on and how genuine it sounds
1: and how no definitely definitely right? just. I, the same way as you explain a tech, you can explain a technical concept in a very structured way mm-hmm. or in a completely messy way and saying this exactly same things, but the, the outcome will be completely different. So that's a, yeah. that's a fair point. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Anyways. Well, thank you so much London mentor for making this appearance and pleasure. Uh, uh, we'll definitely probably have you back on at some point, maybe in a few years, once you've uh, made some transitions and uh,
1: um, absolutely let's keep in touch and thank you for having me. Thanks so much, man.
0: Appreciate it. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.